there, and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your hostess, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here today. We're going to talk all about story today, stories you live by, stories you're writing, stories you're creating, stories you are carrying into the world. And to do this, I have brought a guest with me today. We met ages ago. Boy, do we have a story on Michael. So hang in there. I've got some announcements to make, and then I'm going to bring him forward so you can learn all about our topic today, which is podcasting, going from zero to 60. You know, you can go into a podcast and move yourself right along a whole lot faster than you think. A lot of people come to me and say, you know, I've got an idea for a podcast, but I'm going to need five years to work on it because these are all the things I want to do and all the boxes I want to check off. And boy, that's just going to be exhausting. What would it be like if you were really willing to put your foot on the pedal and go for it because you got this desire in your heart for it right now. What if we got working on your stories right now so you can get your podcast out there much sooner than later? We're going to talk all about that and showcase Michael Dugan, who did it too. So hang in there. We're going to get to those stories I want to remind you that I am your writing coach in the Seattle area. I have a writer's community, and they are working on their books, their blogs, their brands, their podcasts. Some are working on love letters. Some are in recovery, working on their amends. There is a whole gamut of things that people write about, and I love helping people through it. How do you qualify yourself? Well, you have something on your heart that you really want to share. There's something that you think, if you could get it down on paper, if you could express it at the very least to yourself, and maybe to some listeners, maybe eventually out there to the public, you believe that your life and those around you would be better. That's what qualifies you. Now, I'll tell you this, I have all kinds of writing that I did that is still under my bed, safely tucked away, has not seen the light of day ever, but I also have all kinds of writing that once lived under the bed, that I went to, that I took out, and that I purposed into, oh, say, a radio show, or, oh, say, a speech, or maybe even teaching content. It's amazing what can happen when you commit to putting something on paper. It's either going to inspire you to do what's best in your own life, or it's going to inspire you to share it as is with others because it's going to do what's best in your life and theirs. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit today. There was this time. I know we don't like to talk about it. I know we don't like to think about it, but we really have to. It's it's been a few years now, so reflecting on it is important. There was this time 
three years ago and some weeks when all of a sudden we got this announcement that we were going to have to lock down, close up, and do things differently. And a lot, a lot of nice people I know lost control, lost their footing in their business, let alone in other things. I thought I for sure was going to be one of them. I was scampering around going, oh, my goodness. I just had people put their signature on the line. I put my signature on the line. I told people I would come to their homes, help them write their books, help them launch their TED Talks, and we are locked down. Let me tell you, I had to give $17,000 in refunds one month. It hurt. I thought I was done. I didn't, I didn't have a, an idea in the world except for this one little idea ringing in the back of my mind that said, Hey, Debbie, didn't you used to be the director for an e-learning branch at a college? Don't you know how to do online classes? Isn't there a way that you could shift your business like now? And that's what I did because I was kind of desperate. I wanted to serve people. I didn't want to go broke. I didn't want to be out of business. I wanted to serve. I wanted to keep going. I was really of two minds. I had one mind that was like, oh, this thing's going to pass in a couple weeks. And then I was of another mind that went, it doesn't matter how long this thing goes on. You don't want to eat oatmeal until the day you die. You want to do better than that. I mean, come on, food is like, you know, my number two value. So I just, I had to find a way to keep the business going. And lo and behold, there were people that liked this idea. They liked the idea that from home, while they were doing everything they needed to do during lockdown, that they could partake in a writing community and build their book, their blog, their brand, their story, their TED Talk, their Toastmasters project, there anything, they could do it. And one of the people that stepped forward is Michael Dugan. I had met him years ago through, I think it was an invitation that on a previous radio show, very near and dear to my heart, Life Mastery Radio, that I did with my leva, Todd Allen, we had Michael come on as a guest. We were promoting uh, Patty Ann Hansen, who was riding her bicycle all the way across the country. Michael was a part of making sure that this happened with Grace, and he was speaking. And, you know, the first time you do that, that's kind of nerve-wracking. So he and I were doing a little talking in the background, and we brought him forward, he did some excellent speaking that day, and it may have been the little match that started a fire in him around podcasting. So fast forward about, I don't know, eight years or something like that, he decided he would like to join the writer's community and create a podcast. And I thought, ooh, ooh, yeah, you're primed. I want you. I want to work with you. I want to help you with this. This is going to be it. Let's do this. And all of a sudden he went, yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> like most people do. We're given an opportunity and we think, I really want to, but I also really don't know. You know that we have two voices. One, one tends to speak loud while the other's quiet. Then the quiet one gets noisy while the other one backs off and we go back and forth. Here's the great news. Michael knew how to put a lot of support around him, support from his wife, who created a beautiful logo and all kinds of loving support for his idea of how to bring these chefs out of the kitchen and in front of the microphone just for an hour, just to talk about possibly what might be entertaining to a podcast listener. Now, since then, his podcast known as Voice for Chefs, and I want to emphasize number four, Voice for Chefs, you can find on your favorite podcasting platform. He has interviewed people from down the road to the other side of the globe and back again. He's entertained people that have English as their first language or as Portuguese as their fifth language. He's talked to people that learned how to cook five years ago, and he's talked to people that have come from families that have been cooking for five generations. He's talked to people that have made an abundant living with their culinary skills, and he's talked to people who are up and coming. He is really now seeing that after putting time into providing a podcast that is very entertaining, how he might instill more purpose. How might this be purposeful for him, for the chefs, for the listeners, for anyone? Because it's always boiling down to what we express is inspiring all of us to be more and more creative with our lives. Michael Dugan is a chef himself. He started in a culinary arts program here in Seattle, I want to say about 20 years ago. And while I have never sunk my teeth into his beautiful food, it is on my list of agendas to do so. I am certain that those who have been in his kitchen have had delightful experiences. Today we are going to learn a little about those that have sat with him in front of the microphone. They've gotten out of the kitchen for an hour, and they have joined up with him for an hour of Voice for Chefs. Help me welcome to the show Michael Dugan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Debbie. Thanks for having me. This is really a pleasure and a thrill, and I've been waiting a long time for this. I I just feel honored to be here with you. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. You know, I think it's been a number of years since I've gotten to see you in person. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So that makes it even extra special. I love it when the guests can come right down to the studio and we can have a chat. So... I think to to start off, it's always a great idea. I talk about this in, in any of my writing programs. You were someone that really, really hooked into this. 
we've got to know our why. We've got to know our mission. We've got to understand this. Can you talk to us a little bit about your why, your mission, how it's evolved? It really has evolved because, uh, as you know, I'm now in season two of the podcast, and May 1st was the celebration of two years. Um, Nice. I just can't believe it, but initially it was about, the mission was really about connecting to chefs locally in Seattle and to bring them out of the kitchen and into the studio to share their stories. But as I was going along the journey, something really pulled at me, and I was thinking, that's not my why. What is my why? And I started digging deeper and deeper and talking to people, talking to friends. And then I listened back to the episodes and I listened back to the chefs and I realized there's a commonality. And the commonality that really connects me and keeps me going is the fact that these chefs, these culinary artists, these talented, magical people, they give back to the community. They do amazing things for the community. And so my, my mission now is... Voice for Chefs is all about connecting to chefs, culinary artists, and heroes of hospitality who dedicate their lives to give back to the community and inspire others. And that's what resonates with me. And that is resonating with me. As you know, I love hero talk. That's right. (laughs) I do know that. I do remember that. And I love that. And something else that really ties into it, I, I did a lot of brainstorming and And sometimes when you brainstorm, it's painful. You know, you reach back to your past, you reach back to things that you don't always want to go there, but I wanted to go there because I wanted to see why am I so driven to do this podcast? Because it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of love and it's a lot of amazing things that happen. So I came up with Voice for Chefs Cares and Voice for Chefs Cares is the core values of the podcast. And they include community, authenticity, respect, education, and sensitivity. Ooh, wow. I would love to say I taught him that. He, he came <laughs> you did. up with that on his own. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And if you ever decide to have a foundation mm-hmm. or a scholarship, Voice for Chef Cares, beautiful title. Yeah, yeah you're well on your way with that. I I also want to point out, I hope the listeners heard you say love. You said the love for Mm -hmm. podcasting, Mm -hmm. and I know you have a deep love for it. Would you say that has played into you doing the next show and the next show and the next show? It's so interesting because I can't wait for the next episode. I can't wait to release it, to share it with our listeners around the world. And and every chef, for, they always have something special, you know? And, and the piece that I want to share is that each guest, it's almost like they're chosen. There's a reason behind it. They're not the same. They have something unique about them. They give back. There are chefs that have approached me, famous chefs, that all they want to do is sell product. And, and I don't really want to do that. It's okay if they come on to do it, but really it's the chefs that have that purpose. So, yeah, I look forward to every episode. Mm, Really, really good, Michael. And uh, I want to encourage you to stay with that. I can't help this. I 
I have people come on the show that were my students, and I start teaching them. I want to I want to encourage you to stick with that, Michael, because I'm that, listening. That's your <laughs> intuition right there that is saying, you know, it's great that they want to sell this. That might be a really good agenda for them to to click off, but. I don't know that it matches up with my value, and therefore I'm going to move on to the person who does. That will always serve you. Always, always, always serve you. So listen, boys and girls, friends out there, we do take breaks during the show. We are going to break for our first show. But if you are on Facebook and following us today, I do encourage you to send in a question. We're going to be back here in just a minute. Stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I want to thank you for making the time to tune in and give attention to your story. What is that story you are living by? What is that story you want to rewrite? You know, sometimes I get this as a question. People will say, I've been living in the same story for 40 years. How do I break out of my story? I don't like my story. You can change your story whenever you want to. Now, you might not be able to do that alone. You might need the help of a coach or a friend or a therapist or a loved one. But you can break out of any story that you have been living in. And it doesn't matter how many decades you have been living in it. If you want to create a new story in your life, you can. Ask me how I know, and I would be happy to bend your ears for three years and tell you about my life story, because it sure didn't start here. Not at all. I had to make a very conscious decision at one point to take a hard left turn, because my story wasn't going in a good direction. Mm -mm. Coach Debbie had to make a new decision, like about a hundred of them. And I'm really glad I did. And you can too. Would you like to join a community where you can do things like that? I have a writer's community, but I'm just thinking I would like to rename that to like Coach Debbie's Superstars, you know, or something like that. Doesn't that sound nice? If you want to send me in your recommendations of a title for a community, you know, if you if you pick one that I think is a perfect match, I'll find a way to send a nice little gift your way. Maybe you would like a signed journal. Maybe you would like a 30-minute coaching session. 
What do you think I should call my community? Do you think Coach Debbie's Superstars is going well? We offer, I say we because I'm always including Eric in everything I do, but he's actually not going to be teaching. Sorry. I offer a community once a year. It's coming up this summer in June if you sign up in May. It's 50% off. The first 25 people get 50% off. And I got some people coming, so you might want to race to the door. If you're looking for information on that, you can go to CoachDebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. Click on Connect and say, I want to get into that community. You can also send me an email directly, and that's Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. I would love to hear from you. There are just a couple qualifications. You probably meet them, but it's good to just chat them over first. All righty. Let's get back to the show here. We've got Michael Dugan with us. And I think Michael, being someone that jumped into podcasting, went from zero to 60, right? He didn't stop. He just put his foot on the pedal and went for it in a way that I was so proud. I was just so happy. I've talked to him uh, about him many times on this show that he was someone that knew he wanted it and went after it. Now, a lot of us think, well, those people that go after it have everything all lined up for them. You know, they've been telling stories for a long time. They have all kinds of experience with this. They have the best equipment. They have, you know, YouTube followers that pay them thousands a month and all of this and all of that. Actually, Michael and I started at the early place where we really got into how storytelling would influence his podcasting. I think he was kind of new to this, but I'd really like to turn it over to you, Michael, and just let us know, what have you been learning about storytelling since you started your podcast? Well, I want to take you back, and I want to take you back to the moment that I first called you, because I remember it. I remember, I -hmm. really want to connect to Debbie, and you didn't know this, Mm -hmm. and I remember reaching out to you and, and just... I had this challenge where I just lined up a series of questions and I was practicing podcasting with friends and I would just ask questions, but they didn't have any meaning to them. They didn't have any purpose. They didn't have any organization. And I think one of the biggest things I learned, and I learned this from you, was to organize the process, organize the flow. And that's that's a huge part of storytelling. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things that in one of your classes, I'll never forget it. And I'm looking right at you. So <laughs> I will never forget this, Debbie. You came up with this idea and you shared this idea with all the students, including myself. And it was about if you're going to write a book, you need to look at the table of contents. You need to look at the table of contents of books related to the subject or different than the subject. So what I did was I pulled out cookbooks and I looked at the table of contents. I pulled out books about chefs, stories like Anthony Bourdain and David Chang and 
and other chefs that I really admire. And here I am talking with my hands because I'm just lighting up. But but those chefs and, and those those stories and the table of contents that walks you through the stories helped me elevate the podcast and helped me become a better conductor of storytellers because I look at the guests as they come on as storytellers. And I, I feel that I, I picked this up directly from you. You were like, relax, just relax and listen to them. Don't try to force anything. And that's when the stories came alive. And that started happening for me because I don't talk that fast anymore. I slow down. I think about what I'm going to say. I'm comfortable in what's coming next. And I think in storytelling, that's really important, really important. But the other thing was I enrolled in an organization called Stage Time University. And oh, with Darren. With Darren and Mark Brown ah. and, and uh, Jennifer Leone and some other coaches. And, and these are people that come from all over the world and they tell stories every week. Um, and then they have coaches that coach them on the story. So it picked up a lot of tips and techniques from that. But of course, being in Toastmasters and being able to talk and share about the podcast, you know, I was invited to do an education session for our district. And if, if you're not a Toastmaster, not familiar, it's about public speaking, leadership, but our district at the time, I think, had 195 clubs in it. So it had a lot of people. And that was a really great journey for me to kind of organize the story about the podcast. But for me, it's just, it's listening to other people's stories, other chefs' stories, and then diving back into my own. And it really helps me kind of create new stories and, and really dig into the emotion and, and the meaning behind them and not just narration but narration and dialogue so i think for me the journey has helped me to tell tell more and better stories but the other thing that i should share is that along my journey about i think it's about eight months into the podcast i started going on clubhouse which is an auto audio only app and you come up as a as a guest people invite you up in this app and they have conversations with each other and you tell stories and I've been doing that since, I don't know, almost a year and a half now and absolutely love it. That's elevated my storytelling and it's also given me a lot of connections to chefs around the world. Ooh, I didn't know that's what was going on on Clubhouse. Oh, no wonder yeah. you've been telling me to come and do I that. I want you to join. Oh. I really want you to join. It'd be wonderful. Okay, well, well, you show me the ropes. I'd and be I'll, happy to. I'll try it out. That's, yeah, I don't, hmm, cool. I love storytelling. I know. I, I really heard you say there that part of storytelling is listening. Mm-hmm. I think this is a piece that people fail to understand because the word telling is in it, storytelling. But you're never going to tell a great story if you don't have the patience and more than anything, the desire to listen mm-hmm. to another's story. You will never tell a great story if you do not have the patience and the desire to listen to another's story. It's kind of like when, when someone says to me, I want to write a book, but I, I don't ever read. Well, I might not be able to help you because if you don't know how 
something should be moving along lyrically, word for word in your mind, reading it along, you're probably going to have a really hard time getting words to hit the page if you're not absorbing words with your eyes from the page. Or now with the help of Audible, you know, you can listen to the words. But for for people that won't take story in, storytelling is going to be tough. So what I think is so important, too, is that not only do we become great storytellers, but that we also start to learn there's a certain background that we have in common with people we're really attracted to. And you being someone that is a chef, we might think, oh, you know, Michael hanging out with chefs is always going to resonate. Well, not so. You mm-hmm. you said here earlier there are some that are salespeople before they're really chefs or they're salespeople to support the idea of really being chefs. You're wanting to be with those that have similar values as you. So now that you have become this wonderful storyteller you enjoy bringing on storytellers. I would love to hear what delights you in that hour that someone sits across from you. Is it is it the recipes? Is it the culture? Is it something else? Is it anything at all? I, w- I would just love to hear. So what keeps me coming back? Yeah, what keeps you coming back? I think that for me, when... When I get ready to do an interview with the chef and I line up for that and they come on and I would say 80% of them are nervous. You know, I, I came into the radio show today and I didn't know what to expect and you made me put me at ease right away and I feel very relaxed. I love it when I can help someone become relaxed because the stories just come alive. The stories they didn't even think about, they didn't even prepare for you know, they come alive. And I'll give you a perfect example. On Sunday, I'm going to be releasing an episode. Now, I reached out to this chef. His name is Chef Frederick Couton. He's from Vancouver, Canada. I just reached out to him on Instagram a couple months ago. And they have a product where he produces lobster oil. And I was fascinated by this idea. But what I didn't realize was he's been a chef his whole life. He's in semi-retirement. He's looking back at his life. So when he came on to the show, I was walking through his life and I asked a few questions. The next thing you know, he just reflected back on his whole life in front of me. And I was giving that as a gift around the world to my listeners. And well, it isn't released yet. It's going to be this Sunday. But but for me, when those things happen, it's just, just as a writing coach, you know, when you see that development happen in someone, and you're able to to give that to them. Mm-hmm. There's no way to put that into words. That's that's what keeps me coming back. And then the people I meet, it's infectious. They start referring me other chefs. You know, other chefs come on from all around the world, and it's just this amazing community of connection. But being like a conductor when you're doing an interview and and putting people at ease so they can share their story and you can walk through their journey. That's what's so special to me. Mm, I love that. I 
I think you are exactly where you belong. I could see it some years ago when you were in class and you said, Debbie, I want to do a podcast. And yeah. I was like, what did you say, Michael? And you're like, well, I've been thinking that I really want to do a podcast. Yeah, I and, know. <laughs> I remember. And I thought, this is great that he's whispering something that's really on his heart, but I can't hear what he's saying. Right. And it's right. so common, Michael. I've done it mm-hmm. a thousand times mm-hmm. myself. I've gone to a coach and said, I've been thinking about something I really want to do, and it goes like this. I want to, what's it? And it's like our voice goes way, way down. We get yeah. way, way quiet because we're way, way not sure if this way, way belongs in the world or if this way, way needs to wait till our next life or whatever else. But now that you have mm-hmm. really gone from zero to 60 and taken off as a podcaster, you know without a shadow of a doubt that that intuitive hit, that calling to do your heroic work was indeed for you. So I just want to take you back to just something arbitrary here for mm. a minute. I know okay. we didn't plan on this. I love it. But let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that three years ago, mm. instead of calling and joining the program and showing up, you were there on time every single time, mm-hmm. Instead of that, you just continued rolling along doing what you know. What would be missing now? That's a really good question. I think that the connection would be missing. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that table of contents example is the perfect thing because I was stuck. I was literally stuck. And when I went and connected with you and we had conversations and you just... You helped me see things in a bigger way, and it really changed the way I am as a podcaster. I don't just ask questions. I create journeys. You do. You do create journeys. And that was what was missing. You know, I really want to point out for the listener, too, that Michael didn't say, well, I just would have given up. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't say that. He, He knew in his heart there's a journey for me that I want to embark on. And he decided to get some help with it. But even if he had decided not to get help, he knew inside of him this was a journey for him. And my guess is part of the reason you listen to this podcast is because you know, as the listener, that you are on a journey that you want to step into more fully. And I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to wear the title that is yours. Wear it. Wear it as I am a podcaster. Wear it as I am an author. Wear it that I am a singer-songwriter. What is it that you want to express that you're not expressing yet? And you know it's your journey. I want you to wear the title. And if it's a little tricky figuring out where to go from that, you just send me a little note, coachdebbie.com, and we'll figure out what's best for you. You spell Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. If for some reason I don't think I would be a great fit for you, I bet you I know someone who is. Let's get you moving and shaken on your journey. Because Michael decided podcasting was for him He went from zero to 60 really fast. You can too. 
This isn't just a one-man journey. This is for anyone that is willing to say, I know there's something big for me, and I'm ready to step into it. You think about that while we take our next break. If you have a question for us, go ahead, join on Facebook, jump into Messenger, and send me your question. We'll be right back. know Coach Debbie from Story U Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special simply go to coachdebbie.com that's coach d-e-b-b-y coachdebbie.com as a subscriber you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence welcome back to story you talk radio I'm just having a great time here today, and I hope you are too. I have my friend, client, student, masterful podcaster, Michael Dugan here today. He is the creator of Voice for Chefs. Use a number four on that, Voice for Chefs. You can find his podcast on any of your favorite platforms. We've been talking about storytelling how you craft your values into your mission statement, how you even move from an idea into the the center stage that you are working with. I know that a lot of people that write to me speak about this notion that Andy has written in about today. Welcome to the show, Andy. I see your note right here. And I am going to read it to Michael for you. We've only had seconds to review it. So hang out with us while we do our very best to answer your question. Andy says, hello, Coach Debbie. Hello, Mike. I am also a cook, not a chef. Can you help me with this? I really want to wear the hat of a chef. I really want to be someone that knows I am a chef even though I left culinary arts school without the credentials. I can't say I am into podcasting because that would scare... Now, Andy, we can't say those words on the air, but we get the sense that that would scare you. Okay, Uh, back to your note. But I do want to claim the title chef. So I want to ask Mike, is it something that you struggled with, claiming the title that you really are a chef? Did you need to become a podcaster in order to know and feel that? Yeah, that's a great question, Andy. I haven't read that far in the break. So let's see what Michael has to say about this. That is a really good question. Andy, and and thanks for the question. So I went to cooking school like you, and 
I also got a degree in hotel restaurant administration and I sat thinking that I wanted to own a restaurant and I wanted to be a chef. And I went down that long path for about 10 years and I apprenticed in a couple restaurants, helped open a restaurant. Um, but I hit a point where it wasn't being the chef for me. It wasn't the title. It was about the passion and the passion of the culinary arts. Um, if you want to be known as a chef, my, my advice would be to connect to chefs that you admire and, and look for mentorship and look for learning from them and learn what it takes for you to get to that level. You know, I never, I, I aspired to be a chef, but eventually I left the restaurant business because of a drive-by shooting and some other things that happened. Oh my. And I'm not going to go into that too much, but uh, that's for another time. But my advice would be really look for mentorship and it's, it's out there. You can really find it. You know, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there for chefs too. And, you know, come on Clubhouse. That's what I was just talking to Debbie about. It's an audio only app. Come and join our Food is Religion Club. We have uh, 7,800 members now, I think around the world. And that is a really supportive club for chefs. So I invite you to do that because maybe you will find a mentor through through Clubhouse. So that would be my advice. Great question, Andy. And I think you've gotten some of the best advice you could get. Most of us need a mentor. I have a mentor who has a mentor who has a mentor who has a mentor. You know, the chain keeps growing because most of us have a really, really hard time standing on just two feet. Can you imagine how strong and capable you would feel if every now and then you could sit on the shoulders of someone that you really admire while they're sitting on the shoulders of someone they really admire? I got to tell you, Andy, one day I was in Hawaii with my mentor, Alan Cohen, for those of you that don't know, we've just started teaching Mastery of Writing together. This is content that he wrote. He is the teacher of the class, and I am the coach there working one-on-one. -on -one. But many years ago, I was in Hawaii taking his life coaching program, and he said, I have a surprise for everyone today, so I hope you can stay for the whole day. And my first thought was, he's going to take us to see his mentor. His mentor lives here in Hawaii, too. We're going to go to see Ram Das. That's where we're going. And I turned to my lover, and I said, we're going to go to see Ram Das. And his eyes got big, and he just went, hmm. Turns out he already knew the secret. But I didn't know the secret. I was just guessing. And you know what? We went to our mentor's mentor. We spent the afternoon with Ram Das. I had no idea this was coming, but wow, wow. It is amazing to find out why you respect the people you respect. It's because there's someone else helping them and someone else helping them. So, Andy, my friend, I hope you will write in again as you are moved to. I'm glad you wrote in today. I really want to recommend, just as Michael did, that you not only seek a mentor, 
but you also seek the stories inside of you that are bubbling up and saying, this title belongs to me in some way. This title belongs to me today. This is not something I have to wait to claim. This is something I can claim right now. Feel good about it. Surround yourself by those that you admire and watch where you go and how you grow. If there's a way I can support you, Andy, I would love to hear from you again. Now, we just have about 10 minutes here before we have to go our own way. But something I want to talk about is that your background always counts in whatever it is you are creating. It might not be that you're going to tell the story that you've lived fully. So, for example, when I've worked with people in treatment or 10 years beyond their treatment, they're not necessarily going to tell all the horror stories of their alcoholic journey. But because they're standing strong on their own two feet now, and because they want to write down what I call the heroine's story or the one that writes the book, they want to share the story. They don't need to go through it all again, but they want to share the story They're not necessarily digging up all the past difficult stuff. Yet if it wasn't for their background and the wisdom of it, they wouldn't have a full story. Now, how does that apply to you? If you're out there and you're thinking, well, the story I really want to talk about is just like Michael. It comes right out of the kitchen or it's right out of my family and culture or it's right out of my courageous times since I was a teen, or it's right out of my business. Whatever it comes from, what is that wisdom that you want to impart on others? What are the stories that you want to bring forward? If you can tap into your background, you will have so much to offer. Again, you don't have to steep in what was hardest, but you have to be able to have the wisdom to sit across from someone else who might be going through a hard time. For Michael, he might hear stories of other chefs that are either in the prime of their career or who are going through a deep valley in their career. He's got to have the strength to sit across from them and bring out their best, not just what's positive, but bring out their best in their story. So let's take this to Michael now and just ask, how has your background in the culinary arts, in the kitchen, in any way, how has that served you in the podcast sessions you have created? That's a really excellent question, Debbie. So I want to take you back, and I just want to share with you, when I started in the restaurant business, I had a dream to be a chef. I had a dream that I wanted to own a restaurant. And I didn't realize that I would be working long hours. Chefs work 60 to 70 hours a week. They work long hours. They're on their feet all the time in hot kitchens, sometimes 100 degrees. And that's part of the sacrifice that you make for this craft 
and it can be very thankless, but I was driven just like I was for the podcast. I was very driven to, to do something and, and not to give up. I really wanted to be a chef. I really wanted to own a restaurant. And eventually I was in Napa Valley and that's when there was a drive-by shooting and I was the manager, assistant manager on duty. It was about 10 PM on a Saturday night and I will never forget it because it was the catalyst in my life. And I was living in Napa Valley, supposedly a really nice place, it's a retirement community, but there was a seven, a 16 year old kid that was, that shot a bullet through the window at his ex-girlfriend. And I was the manager on duty. So I had to mm. calm everybody down in the restaurant. And I went home and I broke down and I came back and I gave notice and I left the restaurant business and I was devastated for a long time. It was part of my soul. I felt like I was losing my family and been stripped out underneath me. And then fast forward to, you know, the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 when all the restaurants shut down and I just woke up one day and I realized that chefs needed a voice and I wanted to provide the place and the platform for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. This is, I think, really a turning point for anyone. You, you, the listener, probably have a time in your life where you made a decision to shut something down. And then at some point you've been active and you got shut down. It's very different to make a choice I'm shutting this down, than to be told you are shut down. And I, I am sure drive-by shooting feels like you're choiceless. But still, you did, you did have a certain choice in it that this was in your best interest. But there's time, and this is a very, very important part of the heroic journey, there's time when we realize there's things we're called to do and there's things that only carry a certain chapter of our life. Michael's one of those people that understood that being a chef would continue to move him along his journey, even if it wasn't with his hand on the frying pan 60 to 70 hours a week. He moved from the frying pan to the microphone. And I do think that is your calling at this point. Mm. It really is. But <laughs> had you not seen possibility, I mean, Michael, wouldn't you say there are a lot of people that think when it's done, it's done? You know, why are you even talking to me about possibility? I know I oh, ran yeah. into that a lot oh, in yeah. Toastmasters, you know. Yeah, actually, that's very, very true. Yeah, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, 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 I did that, you know, when I was 30 to 37. I don't do that anymore. And mm. it's like, well, you know, are you missing out? No, 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 I don't even think about it anymore. But but you can tell in that resistance that if they could completely reframe it, if they could really tap into their calling with it, and it's a courageous thing to do. It's not for everyone. But it is why I do Story You. It is why I lead writers. It is why you, Michael, have voice for chefs. It is why you have invested in your values and where you can see voice for chefs growing. 
you know you are on a heroic journey. So as we wrap up the show today, I just would love to know if you were to sit in front of, oh, I don't know, five people today and they all said, I want to start a podcast. I want to do it. I want to do it as good as you, Michael. I want to, I think this just sounds great. What should I do next? What do you say? What, what, what? What, uh, what would be your advice to them today? Okay, well, from the experience that I had, from the stumbling that I did, because I didn't know anything when I started, the very first thing is you can't do it alone. And to me, one of the, one of the greatest things I did was create a high-performance leadership project in Toastmasters, and we brought five people together that helped shape the podcast from the beginning because I didn't do it alone. Launching it took a lot of work, and all the people that came together, my wife, Carrie Dugan, Linda Worthman, Kyle Hall, Nan Hamilton, it was actually the four of them and myself, but it, they asked me a lot of tough questions, right? They asked me to get to my why, but it was way too early. Yeah. Now, now I'm at my why. But I would say to them that you need to take it in steps. And the one thing you really need to think about is that imposter syndrome creeps its head in. And I would think in my head, the voice is going off. My family's going to hate this. You know, other people are going to tell me, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my time? It was actually the opposite. And when you can get to something that you really believe in and, and a message that you want to share with the world, you're ready to be a podcaster. You sure are. Thank you for being here today, Michael. This was delightful. I just want to say to the listeners, if you have an imposter living in your head, they're taking up rent for free. You can kick them out at any time. And if you need help knowing how to talk to that imposter and give them the eviction notice, I'd be more than happy to help you along with that. This is Story You Talk Radio. We're here every Thursday. Until next week, my friends, namaste.